Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello to anyone listening. This is the Robert Lego podcast. I kind of stumbled across this this uh uh, th- this whole thing that I want to jump into for the podcast, but I got a different uh, bathroom reader. So uh, let's let's do a couple of these. Aren't so much facts, but they're just some fun things. Some are are just so weird. It's uh, this one is even more. Oh, at the bottom it says, "Dip into a compendium of useless knowledge, hilarious facts, and bizarre trivia." Um, by the way, I had to really keep my levels down because my neighbors appear to be wrestling or fighting or something, um, and I hope it's not picking up because I really wanted to get this one out. Uh, this thing was cracking me up and then uh, it cracked my wife up it it, it actually um, kind of exhausted her with all the nonsense and uh, just to tease it it involves quantum quantum mechanics uh, but <clears throat> okay before that let's do um, oh this is interesting okay how about we just do one because this one's a heavy one and it, you know, I I always talk about those times where I'm like wondering, like, how is it that we discovered soap, or how did we know that? Uh, what is it in Fight Club? It says our ancestors washed in a certain part of the lake, and that's what uh, the lie and the blah 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 and the, all this stuff. And I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I I always wondered, like, certain modern things I always wonder like how did it evolve and actually when I went to uh, Seattle they had that tour that explained the history of of the sewage system there and it, it's just it's a crazy thing I think they had a book on it um, if uh, there was only a way to search what book they wrote about the sewage system something about the history of Seattle uh, maybe involving the underground um, streets or something. But oh well. Uh, so yeah, bathroom reader. Uh, not, nothing washes whiter than we. Apart- <laughs> A quick tangent. Uh, I was at work and I needed to go to the bathroom and so I, I take control of this elevator. I go down and this thing uh, if only I can take this audio recorder with me and have you hear it. It, it has an audible uh, thing telling you uh, what level that you're on. And so I, I really need to go to the bathroom and I go down. And then as it levels into the floor, it goes P3. And I'm not kidding you. It was that slow. And it, it just it, it sounded like it was mocking me about. Anyway, 
Uh, apart from making wine out of it, there are a few uses that human bodily waste hasn't been put to you to by your forebears. Whoa, stumble that one. Uh, stale urine and excrement, which both contain ammonia, were commonly used for bathing people and for washing clothes and linen right up until World War II. The urine used on wash day went by different names according to locality. In Lancashire, Lancashire, it was called Lent, and every yard had a communal Lent pot for collecting it in. In Yorkshire, it was called Wheaton or Old Weish. Weish? Poor people bathed themselves in urine, and more often than not, it wasn't even their own. Streets and groups of houses in the 1840s frequently collected their urine in a common, in a common barrel. The custom continued in poorer working class areas for at least another 50 years. Cakes of animal excrement added to cold water also had a cleansing effect and were used instead of or in addition to urine. Welsh peasants, for example, regularly used pig manure as a popular alternative to soap. Women became so immune to the stench of stale urine and shit on a wash on wash days that when soap became popular they often complained that the suds made them nauseous dung never became quite as popular as stale urine however partly because people suspected that it caused something known as the itch most commonly because it was so many other uses but mo but mostly because it had so many other uses as fertilizer as a fuel or as a building material as a fuel. Uh, for centuries, most poor people used cow or horse dung as fuel. Although the small, although the smell was incredibly offensive, it was free, easy to collect, simple to burn, and gave out a great deal of heat. When coal became more easily available in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, dung fuel became less common, but the practice continued in Cornwall. In the Aran Islands of west coast of Ireland, it was still the main source of heat in the 1930s. And uh, yeah, that that that's the uh, extent there. I excuse me, trying to fight a sneeze. <clears throat> I don't know if it was in this that I read about uh, something like that, and it was in in Roman times. Uh, in Roman times, they would ha uh, have like a, a communal toilet like that, and um, I believe that they would they had some sort of rag or scrub that they would use after they were done relieving themselves, and then you would just put that back into the same pot, and the next person would use it. Um, I should have added a little warning at the beginning there, right? Um, <laughs> that that's a bit much, but I don't know. It, there, there's always these stories that portray people as so underdeveloped in the past, and uh, I don't know. Uh, oftentimes, it, it's not that way. So, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't doubt it, but I it it really makes me wonder. Oh, let me uh, pause one sec. Okay, I had to prep two more tabs that I didn't have um, before I get to that spot and, and start stumbling. Um, this whole thing popped up because of an article. My uh, brother is is a, a pretty bright dude, and he actually went to school and all of that stuff, but uh, got a degree, a university degree and all that, but... Um, I like to pick his brain on certain tech things because he stays up with with the things that come up, and uh, this quantum thing popped up, and it just uh, it sounds like when I tried to uh, dig into uh, um, radiation and which is dangerous and which is not and where do you find which and all of that and it's just it's so challenging much less the process of how they make power through nuclear stuff nuclear nuclear whatever it is um okay okay and so the, i just wanted to cover in a quick couple um, little tiny articles from the same computer magazine. These are her uh, maximum PC. They're not too old. Um, yeah, they're at the end of 2021. But uh, this one really, um, it's weird. It's like when you hear Alex Jones say some nonsense and then, uh, or I, I shouldn't say nonsense. He says something that just sounds so outlandish. And just so, uh, I don't know, so out there. And then you look into it or, or not even you look into it. You wait 15 years and the thing that he was warning you about is a, a reality or it was true all along. I believe the one that uh, he would point out was uh, the uh, either hospital. I believe it was hospitals collecting DNA samples of every uh person born in a hospital and a lot of people were saying that's nonsense not true not true and then it turned out to be true um i don't know i i heard it when i used to listen to his stuff but uh he's like a whole different evolution <laughs> he's he's like a pokemon that has um grown <clears throat> and and uh peterson evolved as well i, I shouldn't say evolved he, he devolved he um, just completely flipped around and, uh, geez, um, look into Hassan videos on Jordan Peterson. He, he explains it really well, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Back to tech. <clears throat> um, because, uh, yeah, Alexa is listening. That's where the tangent happened and writing it all down for later use. I always not only that, but phones. If you notice, uh, some phones have the facial recognition. And for you to just rotate the screen to look at it, it'll pop the... Um, how do you say it's It's popping the, uh, the screen on so you can see the time. But it, it's like... A, a, it means that it's constantly scanning. What was it? The Xbox. Uh, not even the newest thing. Had like... 
so many millions of little dots, infrared dots that we can't see. It doesn't really affect us, but it was mapping out the room and all these different things. I know that the apps that they make are doing that with uh, face recognition and all these apps that modify and make you, I don't know, have like uh, little cat ears and all that stuff. That's all just, um, I don't know, collecting some sort of consensus on, on the shape of the face and how to understand it and, and either recreate it or decode it. But yeah, um, smart speakers or digital assistants have been a huge hit. There are over 90 million of them in, in the U.S. And by 2025, it is expected that three quarters, three quarters of homes will have at least one smart device. And all of them are gathering data. It transpires that Alexa is the most adept at this. A new report from reviews.org looked at all the major players to see just what you were giving away to their parent companies the top five all collect the basic and here's the key ones okay your name time zone phone number location ip address so i i i would think that that's the minimum i i well i mean it's the minimum here but i i would think that just you, I don't know, logging onto a page. Now your email, if you're on your phone, go all the way down to your browser and, and it'll have your email there. So it's it's cataloging all so, so many types of uh, um, data and, and behavior that it, it's just, it, it's incredible. Um, so it says, some dig a little deeper, including your address, payment information, age, and personal interest. The best at it is Alexa, which collects this and more, including your voice characteristics. It also delves into your profile and tracks your buying habits. Jeez. And, and I used to say on this podcast that just being able to see somebody's spending habits would tell you a lot. Uh, just seeing, uh, for example, they use their ATM for everything. All you're going to be told is their transactions. That tells you so much information. It tells you if they went to a concert, at what time they went, what they consume, at what time. More than likely when they're out and when they're home. Uh, a lot, so much information just by that alone. And so a phone, an app has so much uh so much, uh, how would you say, access to your private information that it, it's it's surprising it's not, uh, um, I don't know, used more now. They probably just don't have as many uses for that information yet. Uh, and then the last thing it says, uh, another recent study looked at 48 data points and found that Alexa recorded 37 of them. We almost the majority of them. It's like, what were the ones at the top? It's like there, there's a thing that they don't care about. Maybe time zone. Um, they're they're like one of those doesn't matter enough. Where they're like, nah, don't don't even record that. We know data is being collected, but to see it laid out clearly is sobering stuff. 
your data is worth something as Silicon Valley cheese and founder of <laughs> big cheese and founder of VR Jaron Lanier noted if it's a if it's valuable you should get paid for it now there's an idea um oh and there's one other thing was it in this yes okay we have a couple things to cover okay but uh we i think an hour should be right yeah we've only done 15 minutes um i thought there was some of these it's crazy the Facebook, Bitcoin. Um, half of Bitcoin mining is carried out by fifty miners. The top ten percent of miners control ninety percent of it. Um, I guess there wasn't any more on the little tech triumphs or whatever they call it. But um, yeah, so Facebook is changing to Meta, and. Uh, it's uh, I, it's funny because I feel like um, a lot of stuff has come out and all, all that's been revealed has put a lot of people like in in a defensive position and trying to explain what they do or why they do it. And um, this one was kind of funny because I, I, where was it? It says something about the negative. Uh, controversy. Okay. The company's timing isn't perfect. Embroiled as it is in controversies over its business practices. However, the bad publicity had nothing to bear on this, says Mark, says Zuckerberg. So it's like he, he acknowledges it, but he's like, oh, no, no, it has, it's not related to that. You know how I always say that I wonder if it's not an easy way to just kind of shake off all the negative press by just changing the name of the company because it's like so many companies not just companies that i've come across here where they own a bunch of properties rent them out and then it, it just changes name and then it just keeps changing it's it's almost like all these homes are just being bounced around by all these different companies and they're just renting them out at crazy numbers and, and just taking advantage of people and keeping their deposits and stuff like that. But, um, I, I mean, I, I don't even know how that would even work if you, I, I've heard claims that if you're like trying to file taxes and you're no longer in that area, then they don't care. It's only when you're a current resident there, but I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, was there something more? Uh, Meta also unveiled this new project, the Metaverse, the future of the Internet. Essentially, it's an interconnected digital world where your avatar can interact with others as well as carry out the usual task you can on the Internet. It's like it. it's uh, and then he's like saying it's like uh, the novel Snow Crash and all these other things. And it's like, uh, stop, just stop. Um, this was kind of interesting because I've complained many times before about how printers are always either wasting ink and just dropping it into the little tank there to keep the heads uh, flowing with ink or um, just flat out the ink is just just stops working. It just regardless. But anyway, uh, no ink, then you can't scan. Essentially, they're um, Canon that there's um, 
supposedly go, no, 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 we're trying to protect the equipment. That's why you can't scan. But it, it's like, oh, you don't have any ink? Oh, then why would you want have the scanner? And it, I do still have an actual printer. I don't know if it's an Epson or, or it is a Canon. And I have it for that reason because it still works as a scanner. And it's a perfectly fine scanner. But the ink is just... I I think... Every time I want to print something, it just, it won't, or it, the heads won't clean. And then I had to change the cartridges. So it's like, I, I won't print something for, I don't know, a couple, couple weeks, maybe a month or two. And then I would go back to print and I can't, and I got to put new cartridges. So it's just, I don't know. Uh, and and this is crazy to do that. That sounds like something that that is it's strictly just for their own uh, benefit. Uh, but yeah, that that covers that one. But let me see if we had any silly stuff at the beginning of this one. One sec, because there's always some uh, China banks on crypto. Mm. no maybe that was it but this is the one that had the massive amount of um fun amazon robot it's it feels like there's always those talks about robots and ai and look <laughs> look at this page um, Tesla, almost self-driving, air tags, hidden danger, um, which is a, a true thing. Um, I don't know if, how often the air tags send a signal, but I've already always known. Ah, let me hold on. Let me do this search real quick. Um, because a AM versus... FM. Okay, so AM are are less. Yeah, they're lower waves. So maybe it was it. You tune your radio to an AM frequency, all the way down in in the numbers, and then you walk around your vehicle or your bag or whatever and wave it around and see if you get any feedback if you hear any then it, there's something there that's sending a signal um you might need to google that but maybe it it was uh it knowing me it probably it might have even come from like these things like you want to know if you're being followed you want to be a spy do this um, so it might have even been something like the Mansur's silliness or a book or something serious. Uh, the thing is, I don't remember where it's from, but just um, air tags. Be careful. Uh, oh, yeah. So this page, self-driving, Amazon's robot, Intel's new brain. It just there, there's these stories that just kind of roll around uh, in, in talks back and forth so much. And it's kind of funny. And then uh, this is where we drum roll and we go into the actual thing. This is what inspired this actual episode. And uh, I, I say episode like, a, like I went crazy or something. 
But um, yeah, quantum. I've I've mentioned it before, and I haven't been able to find. Let me pause once. No, I I stopped because I was uh, kind of hoping that I would come across this thing. The universe is not a simulation. The argument that the universe is a simulation is based on a flawed reasoning and bad science. So maybe this is what I was trying to find. If you read my articles, um, you know, the multiverse, you might notice the theme developing. So I'll, I'll jump into this and I'll, I'll, I'll report in what I find. I don't know if it is specifically, but I, I thought it was in Quan in uh, Gnostic media that they mentioned uh, the quantum theory and how it just seems like all bunk. But uh, again, I'll, I'll look into it and then come back. But um, yeah, let's let's dive into the fun. Uh, on some of these, I'm gonna just need uh, I, I'm gonna need to just read how they're presenting some of this stuff because it's it's too much it's it's fun um all right so this is from maximum pc what was this december 2021 and i've kind of kept an eye on the quantum stuff because i it's funny because you know how they say you can't comment uh, you can't criticize the government if you don't vote well I've put in the time I went through the what the bleep do we know I don't know if I threw that away anyway I went through the entire thing and not only that I went through the reverse side of the discs where all the interviews are and where all the uh, students of quantum mechanics are like behind the scenes working the camera and stuff and the guy that's interviewing them often pauses because he says that he feels chills because of the stuff that the quantum theorist is saying about reality and it, it's it, it's funny I, I i dove in head first into this thing and i saw hours and hours of stuff and um there's certain experiments that i i don't know they allege i don't know if it's true that how is it possible for you to send exactly one particle of light light being a wave and a particle but you're going to send one specific particle and then you there's two slits and then you're going to show like uh parallel bars almost as if the thing is mirror imaging itself uh on to the sides and apparently you can um pr they can prove this but it, it's like uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, let me... Uh, quantum computers are here. The first quantum computers are being delivered to researchers and supercomputing centers. What will we do with them? Ian even then finds out. And so, okay. Quantum computing is one of those technologies that seems forever just over the horizon much like the flying car or the iphone that lasts all day on a single charge developments come and go announcements are made each sounding crazier than the last but tangible benefits never seem to appear um okay and so it talks about richard feynman the first to conceive of a quantum computer due to his interest in the relationship between 
physics and computation often has a quote attributed uh, has a quote attributed to him it's possible possibly apocryphal but most certainly apt and this is the thing that i always keep going back to cuz everybody holds on to this if you think you understand quantum mechanics then you don't uh, the same is almost certainly true for quantum computings computing where there are so many new terms and variables to consider it seems impossible for a single human brain to hold them all the fact that so many of them sound like science fiction is perhaps part of the discipline's appeal um so okay so which is it the brain is so complicated that it would take millions of supercomputers and they're saying all this stuff or no the computers are more advanced than our brain now um it's like that black mirror episode um skip this if you haven't watched it but where the guy is into that simulation where it's reading his fears and in the end it reveals that the entire process of the nightmare of him going through this video game that scared him to death only took like 0 0.03 seconds so it's like they flipped it on and immediately he it fried his brain um and they they really didn't know what happened but to him it was this whole experience um kind of like what they say with psychedelics okay so richard Feynman. here we go um okay so from february uh may 11th 311 double numbers 1918 to February 15th, 1988. Uh, American theoretical physicist known for his work in the path integral formation of quantum mechanics, the theory of quantum, quantum electrodynamics, the physics of superconductivity of super cold liquid helium, as well as his work in particle physics for which he proposed the Parton model for contributions the development of blah, blah 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 okay th something did pop at me the, there was um is that gonna be go uh, searchable let me see um how much helium does oh spacex use because it used to be nasa uh oh so falcon that's not what i asked okay so if the f three times oh i guess this is one of spacex how much helium does a spacex falcon 9 launch use so if the falcon 9s are flown maybe three times they might consume 33000 cubic feet per launch mri machines waste very little helium the amount needed to set up initially is about half a million cubic feet but once set up they should need much more of the stuff um okay now let's change it to nasa because it doesn't isn't it sound a little weird it's like when you hear that coca-cola had cocaine and then you realize that it still has cocaine uh, just extracted differently. Uh, rising helium prices might not punch 
might not put much of a dent in the average birthday party balloon budget, but they add up quickly for an organization like NASA, which uses up up to a hundred million cubic feet of helium per year. So what was uh, SpaceX? Thirty-three thousand to a hundred million. So uh, oh, but that was just one ship. So. But I, it doesn't come up as SpaceX as a... Oh, how much helium is used in the SpaceX program? Let's see if this gets us closer. Mm. Somebody's saying, I, I, I read recently that there is a helium shortage that could last up to the next 5 to 10 years. Also, the NASA will become a net importer of helium starting at 2022. Um, no, they're not really saying, I, I wonder, but I mean, NASA using a hundred million cubic feet that, that tells you something. And, uh, so, okay. So Richard Feynman, so that's, it's this guy and then they're super cooling it with that. I don't know. Cause with the space stuff, all that comes out of it is all the, uh, oh, this was developed by NASA for our astronauts. It feels like the memory foam, all that. It's just like a bunch of brainiacs getting together and inventing a bunch of stuff. And then the space stuff is, is all fairy tale. Um, okay, so that's that's Richard Feynman. Uh, where is his, do they say his quote here? whatever all right so that's the guy all right that that started the whole thing and then the other guy frank wiltzik theoretical physics chromotechnologist nobel laureate laureate and author man this guy's heavy like he's got his own website with his name but where where did he come up? Okay, so um, yeah, because Richard Feynman said that 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 quote. Oh, okay. So being in motion means where is this? This was the first explanation for quantum computing. Okay, um, bear in mind. This is the way I explain it to my brother. It, it makes me feel like I'm being fed BS when there's something that can't be explained to the common folk. Uh, for example, when I'm I, I, I encounter things at work that are technologically advanced, there might be communicating through ribbon cables or Cat five. Um, connectors and it, it's it there there's still a way to break down the communication of of equipment and and that kind of stuff and apart from radiation and fusion and all that stuff which maybe it's just I'm I'm just too dumb for it but this is the other thing that no matter how they it's almost like they can never break it down in simple terms and that that's always 
a thing that tells me that I'm being fed nonsense because it, how are you going to say if you think you know it, then you don't. That's rule number one. What is this fight club? Um, okay. So quantum computing. I'm, I'm, by the way, at, at this point, I'm like, I'm full in. As soon as I realized this article is about this, I just went right through it. And uh, I had to reread it before recording this. Okay. Being in motion means it can flip between two states without you losing energy. In theory, doing this forever like a pendulum that will never stop swinging. <laughs> so I wrote that down. A never, never stop being pendulum. MIT physicist Frank Wilczek uh, wasn't involved in the work, but he hy hy hypothesized the existence of crystals back in 2020, 2012. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I jumped. Oh, man. Ah, jeez. Too bad I don't edit these. Okay, <laughs> let me let me go back. Uh Okay, because it mentions... Where's Emperor Zog? Uh, time crystals. So, bending thermodynamics, probably. Take time crystals. Yes, really. Despite sounding like something the the Emperor Zog is searching for, protecting, protected by a plucky band of heroes, including at least four kids and a puppet, a time crystal is a real thing. Google has made them using a quantum computer. So... It's like right off the bat, we hit the floor and we're, we're like, we're at a, at a crazy pace already. Wait, wait, time crystals. And then, okay. So, uh, Emperor Zog can relax. However, a time crystal has a pract has possible practical uses as quantum memory or a sensitive detector of quantum fields, but isn't going to destroy the universe. Imagine a system of particles in its lowest energy state, meaning it cannot lose any more energy to its environment, yet remaining in motion. The particles cannot come to rest because they are already in their quantum ground state, as usually would be still, but remaining remain moving. It sounds like... Wait, wait, let me go do that again. Like the particles cannot come to rest because they are already in the quantum ground state and usually would be still but remain moving. It sounds like perpetual motion does an end run around the second law of thermodynamics, but it has been demonstrated by a team of Stanford, MIT, and Google using Google's Sycamore quantum processor. Okay, so and at this point, I'm like... Wait, are they just calling quantum anything that's fast? Um, so then, yeah, they, they talk about the states. Uh, the other thing about quantum computing is that there are so many approaches. Wait, I'm trying to find... Uh, let me f keep going. It is as if the early pioneers of CPUs couldn't agree on the material to make transistors out of and instead split into factions, one using silicon, another using luminiferous ether, and another using cheese. They all work and arguments persist, but which is the best way of creating one? I have no idea what that is all about. Um, but, okay, Frank Wilczek. 
I, I guess that's why I got confused because there's no mention of the stupid crystals. That was the entire um, section there. But so it was Frank Wilczek that that developed these crystals. Okay, so now let's go to. He's the guy that has this page in a book and, and all this stuff. Um, Seventy-year-old New York dude from born in 1951. Uh, American theoretical physicist, mathematician, and Nobel laureate. laureate. He is currently the Herman Freshback Professor of Physics at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, founding director of the T.D. Lee Institute, um, and then the Wilzek Quantum Center, and, and more and more things, Professor Stockholm University and Arizona State University. Um, so, guy really up there with uh, quantum stuff, okay? Frank Wilzek. Yeah. All right. So, no mention of these. To, um, just to make sure. No, is there any crystals here? And and then when they get into, oh, you're gonna like this. When they, it goes into explanations, it just it goes bonkers. Um, all right. So, I thought I don't want to miss where they explain what these bits are, qubits. Google's, where is it? Okay, it's probably this. Google's Sycamore computer is an example of a kind of processor, of one kind of processor, the superconducting conducting quantum processor. This is the sort of technology most commonly associated with quantum computers and requires cooling systems that chill them to within a fraction of absolute zero. Under these conditions, the qubits the quantum equivalent of bits in the classical CPU become superconductors that allow electrons to flow freely, scaling up the curious behavior of quantum mechanics to enable the computer to work. Okay, we're going to need to go through that again because this is what supposedly runs it, okay? This is the fuel of quantum computing. Um, how far back should I go? Um, this is the sort of technology most commonly associated with quantum computers that requires cooling systems that chill them to within a fraction of absolute zero. All right. Ready. Under these conditions, the qubits, the quantum equivalent of bits in a classical CPU, become superconductors that allow electrons to flow freely, scaling up the curious behavior of quantum mechanics to enable the computer to work. So in other words, they're just saying, okay, it's bits. Their bits are going back and forth, but we're going to call them qubits. Microwave pulses are used to vibrate the qubits, and when two neighboring qubits each reach the same frequency, they become entangled. Uh, okay? So in, if you don't know, entangled is when two particles are doing the exact same thing. So if you heat one particle, even though the other particle is across the room, it's going to show a rise in temperature. This is all quantum theory. This is stuff that I, I don't know that they can prove any of this in an experiment. And then lastly, this means that measuring the state of one tells you about the state of the other. 
Einstein famously poked fun at this idea, dismissing it as spooky action at a distance. But since his death, it has been proven to be a real phenomenon. I like how even now it's still Einstein. Uh, I, I dug into, maybe I should do a little deeper dive into Einstein. Essentially, the crux of it was that he worked in a patent office and stole a lot of these patents from uh, other uh, physicists and submitted them as his own. Um, I don't know how much of it is accurate, but it's funny that uh, Einstein is always the 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 brightest guy. So as long as Einstein said it, it's like, ooh. Well, <laughs> what was it on Cracked? I think they were pointing out that in one of the movies, it's like when all the bees are gone, humans are gone, Einstein. And it's like, why would Einstein know about that? Okay, so qubits, that's Q-U-B-I-T, all right? In quantum computing, a qubit or a quantum bit is the basic unit of quantum information. The quantum version of the classic binary bit physically realized with a two-state device. A qubit is a two-state quantum mechanical system, one of the simplest quantum systems displaying the peculiar... Uh, Peculiarity, per, uh, peculiarity of quantum mechanics. Oh, I couldn't even get through that. And um, so I guess there's images here showing um, almost like a broken down binary of like seven digits per letter. And I don't know, but that, okay, so that's, that's a qubit. Okay, let's see. It was a board game? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this going to be something where it's like poking fun at... What is a what is the Qubits game? How do you play it? This is real time, by the way. I didn't plan this. I didn't know Qubits was a... Okay, let's see. This place sells it. They must have a description. Say goodbye to boredom. Um, okay. Round one of this popular mind game. Oh, come on. Show more, dude. Okay. Round one of this popular mind game is all about speed. As players race to manipulate their cubes to copy the pattern on the qubits pattern card. In round two, players roll all their cubes on the table like dice. Using the cubes as rolled face-up players, place as small cubes as possible in a tray and recreate the pattern shown on the card. Players race to re-roll. Okay, so it's like almost like a puzzle game. But why would they call... I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm... Uh, I'm... Uh, how do you say? I feel like I'm close to finding some silliness on on the name and why but i don't know i gotta like stare at it for hours to decode that like in the movies okay so the yeah qubits qubits 
become superconductors, and then they scale up the behavior of quantum mechanics. That that's what we got. That's that. I don't know if if you got that. You're listening to this and you're like, ah, okay, I got it. All right, move on, move on. But I I, I don't, which means that I do, because if you don't, if you think you understand, you don't. So I know that I don't. So I technically do. All right, quantum supremacy. This is another. It's gonna keep getting fun, right? There's another reason for keeping your computer cold. It blocks out the effects of the outside world. Noise is the great enemy of quantum computing, and noise-free error-corrected qubits are its holy grail. That is not to say noisy qubits aren't useful for some things. Google is able to claim quantum supremacy when a quantum computer solved a problem no classical computer could solve in a feasible amount of time. With its Sycamore chip in October 2019, even though it's 54 qubits, it was meant to be 55, but one broke, aren't fully error corrected. Google claimed its, super, its computer could perform a random sampling calculation where it verifies that a list of numbers has been randomly generated in 3 minutes and 20 seconds. This task would have taken IBM Summit, the most powerful classic supercomputer over 10,000 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always keep explaining this. I, I keep thinking through this that military has access to so much better technology than this. And uh, even just certain groups in the government, I'm sure, have access to a lot of things. Uh, not only military, but there's there's got to be technologies that are not available to the public that are years years um ahead of their time there i i would venture to guess at least a decade because i remember that when i knew um this this that teacher that i talked about he brought in this camera that wasn't even on available for purchase yet and it, it was i mean it was gonna be released but not for a, a year or two and uh he was one of the only um people that were able to get it and i i don't know but i i know that there is a lot of technology out there that isn't coming out to the public that uh is more way more advanced than what we got now um okay so that's basically our our other definition quantum supremacy this is what they call basically seal of approval ding it just that's quantum supremacy and it's when a computer a a quantum computer solves the problem no classical computer could solve in a feasible amount of time um a group of where am i where am i okay uh, a group from the University of Science and Technology of China has also claimed supremacy using a photo- photonic quantum computer, one based on the properties of light, using photons and beam splitters to achieve quantum superposition to perform a Gaussian boson sampling on 76 photons in 200 seconds. So, Jeez, that's a mouthful. Um, I'm just going to go off of 
how I've encountered these words, and most of them are through art school. So photons and beams um, light to achieve quantum superposition to perform a Gaussian boson sampling. Gaussian in Photoshop is a blur that spreads out the light. So it sounds like it's spreading out the light. Um, 76 photons in 200 seconds. I don't know. This is a problem so complex. It has been estimated a classical supercomputer would take half a billion years to do the same thing. The Chinese paper Quantum Computational Advantage Using Photons was published in the journal Science of December 2020. Again, this is not a calculation that has been begging to be solved to help with the real world problem, but one plays to the strengths of the quantum processor. Uh, it almost sounds like it's this abstract effect that they're trying to create. I, I've heard that when you blur out, for example, something on on the screen, that there's algorithms, there's mathematical things that can negatively affect that blur and ultimately recreate the image that you're, you were trying to um, hide. And I don't see that being impossible because it's it's all that blur was created by getting let's say 10 pixels and turning them into one now if you were to figure out what process or how the computer did it then it's just a matter of reversing the effects but i don't know if all that information is stored in those pixels that surround the area when it's being done maybe the motion is what kind of fills in the rest of it but i i don't know how that all uh works out um okay so quantum computers learns okay so here we are with all right they just talked about the software. So see what I mean with how crazy this thing was? Uh, practical uses of quantum brilliance. So we can do... So what we can do with the quantum computer right now... Ah, jeez. So what can we do with a quantum computer right now? You could learn Quiskit. 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 I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's Q-I-S-K-I-T. IBM's Python-based open source SDK for working with quantum computers. Any al algorithms you design in Qiski, 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 can be run on either a quantum simulator or real quantum computers accessible through the cloud. The idea is that people learn the basic quantum computing models now while the machines are in their prototype phase before turning the knowledge loose on the full-size machines. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, the software they use is Q-I-S-K-I-T, right? And uh, Python-based IBM computers use this. So, Q-Ski software is an open source software development kit for working with quantum computers at the level of circuits, pulses, and algorithms. It provides tools for creating and manipulating quantum programs and running them on 
prototype quantum devices on IBM quantum experiences or simulators on a local computer. So all of that was kind of just repeated from the magazine. But um, it, it, they're trying to emphasize the, the power that we're dealing with here. But all this, it, it's like they're creating a puzzle and then they're creating a computer that's solving that puzzle. So all, all of it is just, just I, I don't know. Um, so Q-Ski, it's a simulator. You can run it with a simulator or with a real quantum computer. And I guess if you do it with your actual computer, it's probably going to take forever. So showing you how powerful this is. All right, we got to keep moving. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. I think we're going to find some diamonds here. Uh, was this that's next? One thirty thirty one, page thirty one. Uh creator room temperature. Okay. Oh man. Uh one machine that's about to come online at Posse Supercomputing Center in Kensington near Perth in Western Australia. Quantum Brilliance, a venture capital backed offshoot off of Australia's National University. What has created a room temperature quantum computer made from artificial diamonds and compared with the super cool giants being toted by the likes of Google and IBM, they're impressively small. Uh, so blah, blah, blah. Um, they're talking about how small they are, scaling up to about 50 qubits. It's impressively small, blah, blah. Um, trying to get to the diamonds. Functional quantum computer, but its purpose isn't necessarily to solve the world's problems. Rather, its purpose is to allow people to integrate and learn how to integrate quantum computers into their classical computing systems and learn how to really make it work. This will then inform future generations about quantum computers. Okay, in terms quantum add-in cards. In terms, GPU comes up a lot in conversation. Doherty comes... The difference, oh man, come on, with the diamonds. Quantum computers offer advantages in certain problems that GPUs find difficult. So the future of computing is going to be a heterogen heterogeneous one with different types of accelerators that cluster together to do different jobs. It's about using the best hardware to optimize practical applications. So... This is the guy that says he he thinks that it's gonna just all um, be peripheral. So you'll have your computer, and it's not a quantum computer, but it's gonna have components within it that uh, that work with quantum mechanics, quantum computing. Um, but yeah, uh, jumping ahead. Oh. Sorry if that's noisy. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> in Doherty's case, that's hardware is made from synthetic diamonds where others use extreme cold or a combination of lasers and magnetic fields to cut their qubits off from the rest of the universe. The rigid structure of diamonds carbon lattice does the job here. We all know diamond is an extremely hard material, says Doherty. 
And one outcome of being a very hard material is that even at room temperature, there is not enough thermal energy to create significant vibrations in the diamond. And vibrations are the principal means by which qubits can decohere. And so, because there is so much more vibration, there's much lower decoherence, which means that we can observe and manipulate and operate our qubits at room temperature. Our style of processing is much more analogous to the classic computing in that you have qubits to encode information on them, manipulate that information, and read it out. There's slight... Ah, oh, jeez. goes on. There's slightly more non-vibrating carbon atoms going on in those diamonds, however. Our qubits are associated with nitrogen atoms, which live inside a thing called the nitrogen vacancy center. Imagine a perfect diamond with all-carbon lattice, then replace one of the carbon atoms with a nitrogen atom. Simple, huh? This NV center has a useful property. Its photoluminescence it emits light when stimulated, and this allows physicists to read the spin state of the atom. So how do you do that? Via the light, says Doherty. The, the envy thing has a remarkable property. The amount of light that it emits depends on the spin state. It is brighter when it is in one state and darker when it's in another state. This is just one of those w wonders of nature. This sounds like a video I saw where they're looking for um, old, what is it, like infrared light sensitive rocks? Was that what it was? Something like that. Um, once they're in the manipulator, microwave, use, it will manipulate them using microwaves and radio waves so they become entangled. And then we can manipulate uh, that entanglement to the process information. Again, they're saying the same thing. We're entangling through microwaves and... Uh, what is it? Microwaves and... Jeez, I just saw it. Microwaves and radio waves. And then they entangle stuff. So do you, I, I hope you're... I hope you're not understanding this. All right. <laughs> We're, we're hang in there. We're we're past an hour, but we're we're getting the we're covering ground. Just uh, just just stay with me. Uh, where am I? Thirty-two. Current quantum computers, at least the ones produced by IBM, aren't quite up to the job. We had some degree of success, but there's still work to do. Uh, we've developed several several error-mitigating techniques such as noise extrapolations and also strategies to reduce the number of qubits required to simulate larger molecules. Exploring symmetric, symmetry and frozen cores active space for reactions. He adds, uh, okay, supposedly. So there are also using they are also using hybrid simulations run partially on classic computing hardware and partially on real computing hard, uh, real quantum hardware. But the challenges include the development of a better quantum algorithm as well as improvement to the hardware itself. Um, yeah, that's about it there. 
what else was funny here? Oh man, I didn't realize how heavy it was. Um, You got to say this in laughter because, oh man, I I couldn't even get through the thing. We were laughing so hard. 33. Uh, What we are doing is to map this problem into a quantum computer to solve a problem that is by nature quantum using a language that is also quantum by nature. What we are doing at the moment is trying to optimize our algorithms to be able to execute the calculations on what we call near-term quantum computers, ones that have not yet been error corrected, so aren't fully fault tolerant. Our goal is to show the potential for a quantum advantage using these kinds of machines before we get fault tolerant machines. I don't know if you got anything from that entire paragraph. A noisy quantum computer is still a useful one. It seems, it seems, but attempts to reduce the noise, reduce the noise are ongoing. Oh, but attempts to reduce the noise are ongoing. Man, this has been going. Uh, There are two strategies. One is to continue to improve the hardware and reduce the amount of noise in the qubits. Operations is well measured. Okay, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, I I just have three more parts that are highlighted, okay? Two more pages, okay? (laughs) Not entire pages, but quotes on the page. Um, So this person, Sabrina Maniscalco at the University of Helsinki in Finland is of the opinion that finding a remedy to the effect of noise induced by the environment is not just a technological issue, but more of a conceptual and a foundational one. I would say that I am hopeful rather than confident. Um, there's, and then there's a lot more of error correction and fields and stuff, but none of it gets to anything. Let's see. Um, yeah, so these guys just think that it's just not going to work. Um and I guess they kind of had to add that from somebody, right? Um, then there's a big but. You can still get all the information out at once. You can only ever get... Wait, did I jump? No. Okay. Um, you can only ever get out a certain amount, and that's the devil of quantum mechanics. What it means is that, unlike a classical computer where you can read the information in its entirety. In a quantum computer, you can only sample the information and get some of it out. So this means that quantum computers are probabilistic and statistical. The art of making quantum algorithms, which isn't easy, as we, the big we, don't know how to do that well, to do that well at the moment, is to create something when you can manipulate the information efficiently but also collapse it in a way that you can get it out efficiently which is often the hardest thing okay here we go this is where it's it, the the last part and it starts to get into um 
that there's all this information there, but they don't know how to decode it. It's kind of like what what they say with the brain, that it, it's like there's so much there that there's uh, you you can't like figure it out. But um, apparently, it's also is this what the next one was? There are. Oh man, I did jump it. So I'll just tell you because I'm not going to go back and read. Then they were talking about the, oh, here it is, about the um, particle collider. How did I miss that one? Page 33 was too boring. And then what was on that page before that? All about timing. Okay, it's all simulations. Uh, but yeah, so the Hadron Collider, like, um, <laughs> this is another one that sounds complete bunk, but we'll do that and then I'll just read the last little thing there. Um, the scale means quantum computing could be used to process enormous data sets such as the such as that produced by the Large Hadron Collider. This particle accelerator, which exists as a giant ring 17 miles in circumference beneath the French-Swiss border, produces about 90 petabytes of data per year, and less than 1% of it ever gets looked at. Um, So then they talk about, what if we could use quantum computers to give us the information for that and they were like trying to find the god particle my understanding was that they were spinning these article these particles in a field faster uh, close to the speed of light or whatever it was and that they were also colliding them to see what effects happen from that but if that's what they're calling data it's like you're just sitting there with firecrackers and you think you're going to find something from it um i don't know but I feel this is just like it said at the beginning of the article. It's it's that thing that you're. It's never going to come. It's that that uh, four day work week. It's it's the, just something that you've always been teased. <clears throat> uh, there's another okay. Research by the Quantum Insider predicts that the market for quantum computing as a service will hit 4 billion by 2025 and 26 billion by 2030 and despite the note of caution sounded by some academics the discipline is a bit of a dead end um There are plenty of new developments and breakthroughs in quantum computing in August 2021 Japan Riken Center for Emerging Matter Science announced that it had demonstrated a triple qubit silicon-based system that shows entanglement is possible across three qubits, making things like error correction and scaling up a number of qubits easier. Earlier research at another Australian outfit, the UNSW School of Electrical Engineering and Telecommunication, demonstrated control of quantum spin qubits by using a crystal prism, something that could potentially be scaled up to control millions of qubits at once. I don't know. So ultimately, what it sounds like is they're getting a, the just the light fluctuation of something and using that to mathematically 
try things. It, within this article, it had something where it's kind of explaining this, <clears throat> like they're trying, for example, to make a medication and quantum computing would allow them to, uh, I guess I essentially, I'm, I'm not going to use the proper grammar, but essentially like theorize a potential formula for like a medicine, let's say. And that's why it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, if there's going to be let's say a thousand variations of this medication that computer goes through all of those 88 or whatever i said variations of them and it's not how would it know that something is structurally sound or not or that it, i i mean if it's a matter of just mixing different chemicals then that's no difference than chemistry but it, my brother was explaining it as a sense of creating something that doesn't exist. So it's it's putting uh, theoretical pieces together to physically create something that's sound. It's almost as if, um, I think it was on crack that I heard uh, some, a guest came on and they made a comment that it was, uh, it might have been... Michelangelo that he would um, and if not it was Tesla but it was a great mind that would invent things and just see the uh, I think it was Tesla uh, allegedly would see the creation of how the, the his machine would operate in his mind and then when he would make changes and then when everything was sound and, and workable then he would put it down on paper and figure out the design of uh, the spokes and all the different parts of the machine. But, um, yeah, th this is again, just like radiation. It's, it's, why is it that it's something that they just can't put into terms that can be explained? Like I said, there, there's so many other technical things that, apart from like space and, and things of that sort, there's uh, often very advanced things that have an explanation and that you could go back and, and, ex and show a child how it is that these things work, but not this, not what, not nine 11, not, <laughs> I don't know what, whatever other uh, things you want to add to that list. But this has been quite a journey and uh, quantum computing, um, I, I know I keep joking about it, but it's like if you think that you understand it now, then uh, then you don't. And if you don't understand it, then you probably do. So I don't know what side you land on, but I. it sounds to me like the any uh, computer that's advanced enough that can understand this software, because if you can emulate the... Uh, the the same algorithm on your computer and if your computer is advanced enough to keep up even if it's like within the ballpark of theirs then um i don't know it, it sounds almost like that software is just proving that the that quantum computing is solving an algorithm differently than the classical way and all that's saying, it's like, well, if you have an algorithm of this or the puzzle of this sort, go the quantum computing route. Don't have your computer figure out this thing. Um, 
And uh, something I've also followed is the, uh, there's always these whispers of a um, uh, a certain jump in technology where, and I've mentioned it here, where right now we're all binary, all your computer and, and all of transistors and everything that operates everything is all on zeros and ones. It's either a state of on or a state of off. And there has been talk of trying to make a third state where it would be somewhere within the, the I don't know, quarter of a voltage in between. So something like, uh, I don't know, like three volts to to four, uh, three volts to six volts uh, within that range, then that counts as a separate state. So then you have possible state one, two, or three. And then that automatically per character, if you imagine this in uh, a character, so it's a zero, one, and then the third state would be, let's I don't know if they would go with the two. So zero, one, or two. So it's not just uh, a on or off. It's a third state, and that would multiply the processes of the computer just incrementally. Uh, that is mentioned in this article as well. And it's almost like it's sounding that that's why they're so obsessed with neutralizing all feedback from the environment around, which I hear there's always radio waves and, and different waves going through us. So I, I don't doubt that. But um, I don't know if it's that... that um, trinary is that what it would be called if it's that jump or if it's a specific thing but this doesn't give us anything at all and it just sounds like bunk um, I'll dig deeper into the uh, whole thing about uh, quantum theory being just nonsense but it, it it goes on and on and I, I just I don't have the time to keep following all these different trails just what I've come across I I it just it doesn't make sense as as I've tried to on this podcast um, you can be the judge for yourself but I feel like if a computer is advanced enough then it's going to be labeled a quantum computer in the future and I don't know if uh, that's going to be even be in our lifetimes where we'll see um, quantum computers. It's like the flying car. Or what did it say on the thing? But uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me in this journey. I read this article during the week and it's just been bouncing around my head. And I'm like, you know what? I got to get that out. I got to say what I think about this. It just sounds like complete nonsense. Um coming from a guy that's walked through like the offices in SpaceX when I uh, worked on one of their elevators I'm like walking through and it's like don't take pictures don't don't look at anybody's screen don't take anything don't uh, there's surveillance everywhere the guy following you the engineer he's just like right next to you the entire time making sure that you don't go anywhere you're not supposed to and I'm like how much of this is is uh going to the public like all this ad ad advancement and, and things but <clears throat> I don't know I, I'm not buying all the stuff that we're told and especially not about quantum computing and all this stuff oh they, they he covered the Schrodinger's cat that's something if you want to um, essentially in a nutshell so you have a thing that's going to kill a cat 
uh, and it's a random thing. So then you put it in a box with this this time bomb, and until you open the box, you don't know if the cat is alive or dead. And that's a superposition, as silly as that sounds. And it, it sounds just like the, if a tree falls in the woods, then it doesn't make a sound. And it, it's like, he, well, yes, but if it isn't sound relative to the person hearing it. So if there's no observer, then can you point at the sound? Can you sh show it? And uh, I don't know. It feels like it's that theory run amok because it's like, okay, the cat's in a superposition. It's like, no, it's not. When you open the box, the cat's either dead or alive. And then he's like, exactly. But if you don't open it, you don't know. And it's like when when you wait a certain amount of time, it's going to die anyway. But it's like that that superposition is just that that what if. So other articles on this has uh, mentioned it almost as if the it gets a calculation, it takes it to another dimension, it figures it out and comes back, and it, it's a lot quicker to do it that way. But all this stuff doesn't make sense. The qubits and Q ski skit and all whatever all that was i i don't know i'm not i i'm not gaining any understanding from quantum theory or quantum mechanics and i put a couple hours in um but luckily you didn't have to you just got to hear me um talking about it but uh i do appreciate it thank you very much for making it this far i hope you got a little more understanding of it than I did or not, however that would work. But um, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening and take care of yourselves. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.